1: Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
2: And we're locked in. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's James Ham, And we're hanging out with you on this very radio station until noon. Then we will hand it off to D'Lo and KC. And they will take you up to 4 o'clock. Also a reminder, the Purple and Black pregame show tonight. 5:30 p.m. That is me. That is James talking Kings, talking Nuggets, and specifically Kings versus Nuggets, and Denver Nuggets, not like chicken
3: nuggets. Oh, Kings versus chicken nuggets. Oh, I do love a McNugget. We could do Burger King you versus. Could sh-
2: you could show me all the pink slime videos in the world.
3: And I'm still ordering some McNuggets. I've chosen just not to watch any of that. Like, I- yeah, I don't seek it out. But when people are like, "Do you know what you're eating?" Like, no. No, I cho—I chose not to. I chose not to know what I'm eating.
2: <laughs> we only live once, Kyle. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, not only do they play the Kings tonight, they will face the Miami Heat tomorrow. And you can hear that game uh, right here on ESPN 1320. 6.30 p.m. is the tip-off. ESPN 1320 is your home for NBA basketball, the play-ins, playoffs, and the finals. Mm. The finals feel so far away. They do <laughs>
3: That's really far away.
2: I feel like it has been basketball season for a year. I will tell
3: you, man, covering... It's been a grind. Covering the playoffs... Yeah. All the way through the finals is... It's fun, but man, that is a absolute grind. When you're still... When you're trying to do draft coverage and you got like five more games to go to, it's it's pretty wild. And then, you know, the finals will go all the way until the first two weeks of June. You're just like, whoa, this is just never going to end. I know one year the the um, Warriors decided to host the California Classic. right? Like, hey, we want to host the California Classic this year. Okay. Then they win the finals, and they've got, like, a week and a half to turn it around. Like, to get done with the finals, to get done with the parade, to get done with everything— and then oh no we have to host a basketball oh, tournament with what people a coming mess. it was they, it was so bad that one game one day they said hey we're just not going to let fans in like we're just going to have them play we're not going to do fans one day like that's how bad it was they were so overwhelmed and <laughs> they are the best of the best of the best of the best when it comes to yeah. uh, to media relations right and that's still like they just host yeah. it yeah the finals man it it goes it's tough. It's a lot. Yeah. It eats into your family vacation time, everything. Like, how can I leave? How can I go somewhere? <laughs> yeah. Um. Hopefully that becomes a problem
2: in this city soon.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would be all for it here.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the Kings got some help from the Cleveland Cavaliers last night. They knocked off the Dallas Mavericks 121 to 119. If you didn't hear how that game ended, check this out.
1: Leave it to inbound, just to the left of the Cavs' bench. All we need is a deflection. Pass
0: deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the P.J., and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit
1: it! Cavs win!
3: Just let it ride. Tell that story. It's an in- incredible call. Tell that story, fans. Um, I love the little bit there. The... Did you hear the, his, his color commentator says, all we need is a deflection. They get yeah. a
2: deflection.
3: Yeah. Oh, and it didn't work. <laughs> 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 There's they needed
2: more than that. The other thing I love about that call, and uh, shout out to Bally Sports uh, Ohio, I believe, on, uh, on that call. Uh, the other thing that I love about that is that the Cavs broadcaster, when the Mavs scored, wasn't like, oh, scored. Yeah. It wasn't like like he kept the energy throughout the call.
3: Call it straight. Really That's how you have to. Yep,
2: down the middle. Yep. Really good. Uh, speaking of teams in the Western Conference, so the Kings stay a half game up on Dallas. Dallas is back in action tonight against the Raptors. So this is a huge, huge night for the Kings, potentially. And they're in Toronto. Yeah, the Mavericks have to travel to Toronto. The Pelicans go from New York to what?
3: Your screen shut off behind you.
2: Oh. It's all right. Whoops. I got you. Oh, you just turned your screen off. (laughs) Here we go. The Pelicans... Oh, everything's off. All right, that's (laughs) fine. We'll fix it in post. The Pelicans played last night at Madison Square Garden. They have to go to Indiana to take on the Pacers. Okay. It's a very tough game for the Pelicans. Not as tough of a game for the Mavs, but traveling on a back-to-back up to Toronto, not a super easy trip. Um, if the Pacers and Raptors both get both get wins and the Kings get a W, they're back up to the five seed. Uh-huh. Is that right? Five? All right. I believe it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Six. Up to the six seed.
3: I uh, honestly, you know what I believe just happened. Why are are? Uh, oh, our you're boards. still locked in. Okay, shut down. Uh. huh Jesse, Jesse turned uh-huh. his TV on and shut yours off at the uh-huh. same time. Let's That's what Jesse. happened. That's Jesse.
2: The other day came in and he went to turn his TV on and he saw that the game where his Dolphins hung up seventy on the Broncos was on. Oh so no he was locked in. So he, so he turned it on. He's like he's like, hell yeah,
3: I love this. He went back out to his the car, next, got some teal on, came the next, back in.
2: The next game they showed was Miami's debacle <laughs> against Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> they lost a game they had no business losing. Uh it's amazing. Uh so if you're rooting for the Kings tonight, you're also rooting for the Pacers, which should be pretty easy with Tyrese Halliburton. You're also rooting for the Raptors, which should be pretty easy with
3: <sighs> Hmm. Scotty Barnes,
2: Scotty Barnes, yeah, face of the NBA, Scotty Barnes. I was trying to think of a random Raptor, but I don't know who's on their team anymore.
3: Uh, Boucher, Chris Boucher, uh, Is he Grady, still there? yeah, Grady Dick, mm, yeah, Um yeah, root, for, root for Dick and the Raptors. There you go. Mm-hmm. I who who's their point guard now? I don't even know. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they have R.J. Barrett.
2: Yeah, R.J. Barrett there now.
3: Yeah. Sure. Yeah, root for yeah, the former Knicks. We're coming up with this team?
2: Yeah. On the fly? Yeah. Totally. Right. Uh I was honestly I was trying to think of a former king who plays for Toronto and I Garrett game. Temple. Garrett Tem- that's it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you George
3: uh Muller. Yeah. Thanks George. There we go. All right. Um where were we? I, I messed everything up when I Yeah, tried that was to that was a distraction. The television. <laughs> We were talking about uh where we would put this this season in perspective oh, as far as
2: That no we have that for sure. Yeah. But the last one uh Lakers Clippers. Oh. The Kings still chasing the Clippers, trying to keep them in arms reach. Can you stomach it to pull for the Lakers tonight?
3: I know it's tough. Yeah, I, I don't care.
2: But also but also if he gains some separation from the Lakers, a Clippers win wouldn't be the end of the world.
3: No, well that you have to look to like the Lakers and the and the Warriors—they're locked in at nine ten. Like there's no threat from below them at this point. And, and I'm not saying that they can't climb up. They can. They can climb up and catch the Kings. They can catch Dallas. Mm-hmm. You know that's for sure. But I don't think that you're fearing the Utah Jazz or the Houston Rockets at this point. That's just not a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're and out. so yeah, I, I think that I, I don't really care about what happens with those guys Uh, because I don't think that they can actually track the Kings down, but there's a possibility. And they're also, they're kind of locked in. They are, the Lakers, the Lakers and Warriors are closer to
2: the Kings than the Kings are to the Clippers.
3: Yeah. Mm. But it's all really close. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that, that much of a difference.
2: Four games
3: separate 10 and five, (laughs) 10 and five. Yeah. Oh my God. But then again there's a little bit of a drop off after that, right? There,
2: oh, there's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, then there's the Jazz. The Jazz are four back of the Lakers. Okay. And I don't, but the other thing you have to you have to consider is like, the Jazz aren't trending the right way. Hmm. The Warriors and Lakers are are trending up, but not nearly at the rate they probably need to trend to become a real factor in that race for a non-play-in spot. Like they're they're playing better, but I mean, Golden State nearly smoked a twenty-point, twenty-three-point lead to the Wizards last night in the second half. Mm. So, yeah, the Kings need to get Tyus Jones. By the way, speaking of the Wizards,
3: yeah, uh, Tyus Jones, like he just—he's a baller. Dude. He's really good. You know? Do you know what his assist-to-turnover ratio is this year? It's always spectacular.
2: It is more than seven to one. Yeah, it is seven points something to one. A good if you're not if you're not. Is like two and a half, three to one is like, dang, that's a good assist to turnover ratio. Yeah, and he is beyond seven to one.
3: That's what he's like for his career, though. Man, he is like, just a,
2: just cashes threes, makes smart
3: plays, tries on defense. Yeah. No, I think he's a good pickup. I'm surprised they didn't deal him. I'm really Me surprised too, they didn't bail out at the at the deadline. Me too. Because that's just a horrendously bad team. And you might as well collect first-round picks because Tyus Jones is an unrestricted free agent after the season. Like, if he's going to go back, like, the only reason you would go back there is if they're going to pay you, like, a boatload of money to to be their, their unless,
2: un- point unless Unless they think that he's some he was going to be some great influence mm-hmm. on Jordan Poole, and they think Jordan Poole is the long-term guy, who's not coming off the bench, by the way. Uh. Do you know what I watched Jordan Poole do last night? He went to go pull from three, and or like pump fake like this, and had the ball fly out of his hands, just backwards, and he had to run back and catch it.
3: Oh, just did. At, did you <laughs> see Gigi Jackson the other day, like do forty seven pump fakes under the rim? <laughs> no, it sounds hilarious though. Like it was, he just kept pump faking and pump faking, and it was like like the rapid pump fake, like
2: wow, you're like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> just trying to get somebody in the and air. then laid it up.
3: <laughs> They're not gonna work. Amazing. Uh,
2: let's get some keys to a Kings victory tonight. The Kings looking for a sweep of the Denver Nuggets. We'll also have our matchup of the game there as well. And then we want to zoom out and take away some of the doom and gloom of this year and, and try and put this Kings season in perspective a little bit. That's James. I'm Kyle. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. All right. It's the Insiders. I am Kyle Madsen. That is James Ham, And they are the Sacramento Kings facing the Denver Nuggets in Denver tonight. Kings trying to go 4-0 and against the defending champs. Do you think there's something to that? Like, are the Kings one of those, like, the for example the We Believe Warriors were just kind of a matchup problem for the Mavs in that 8-1 matchup. The the Warriors played them well all year and just were a matchup problem for a way better team. Maybe the best team in the NBA that year. Is that what this is, or do you think it's more a product that I, I tend to lean toward it being more of a product of Denver twice being on a back to back. And then when the Kings were on the back to back, the Nuggets are resting a couple guys going into the break. I feel like tonight's going to go a little bit different.
3: Yeah. I mean, I would, I would guess that Denver is going to try to gear up. I -hmm. do know that Michael Malone hates losing to the Sacramento Kings. Like Mm -hmm. Michael Malone holds a grudge better than any, any person I've ever met in my entire life. Like I'm here for it every time. Like I enjoy Michael Malone's grudge towards. towards the franchise yeah. and ownership not towards Kings fans he loves Kings fans loves the players that he that he coached here in Sacramento but he hates losing to the Kings mm-hmm. more than anyone and the fact that they're 3 and 0 right now he's got to be like i bet you he stayed up like all night long, like working on a
2: game. He is plan. hardcore game planning, like it's game seven.
3: That and I think his <laughs> players know this too, and yeah. his players like, oh, we got to get one for coach. Yeah, the Kings are going to be up against it tonight. This is going to be a tough one. I do think that they're a good matchup. I do too. against Denver. I do too, because they do a lot of what Denver does, and and Denver at times can be better at it, but. I also think the Kings have overall more natural shooters. Mm-hmm. They've got a different element in De'Aaron Fox and his ability to, to drive to the rim. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they just have some other elements. I, I love what Denver's done and how they've built their team, and I think the Kings should model what they've done. Mm-hmm. They need some of those players that, that Denver has, Yeah. but I also think that the Kings have a couple elements that are just a little tweak on what yeah. Denver does.
2: Yeah. So how do the Kings get a win tonight? Actually, before we get into keys. Uh, What's your matchup of the game? And please don't say Sabonis versus Jokic.
3: Yeah, it's (laughs) Sabonis versus... No, it's uh, Keegan Murray versus Michael Porter Jr. And to be honest, Keegan hasn't played all that well against Denver. Mm. I I found it really interesting when I went back and looked to see why is it that the Kings keep beating Denver. No one in particular has like a spectacular three-game set against the Nuggets.
2: They're a very, very good team.
3: Yeah, but if you look at, like, herders is averaging, like, 13 points. Like, I, I think Harrison Barnes is, like, 12 points. King Murray is at, like, 11 or 12 points. Even Sabonis is at 18-point-something points. It's not like there's one player outside of maybe Fox who's at, like, 26 and 11. Sure. Or it's not even that. It's, like, 23 and a half i 11. So I'm, I'm still wondering how the Kings have pulled off each of these victories without, like, going back and rewinding the tape and saying, okay, what happened here, what happened there? Yeah. I think the Kings have just played really well against him. Yeah. And they've held him defensively. They've been solid defensively against the Nuggets. And whether it's a matchup issue or whatever, I'm not sure. But even like the Aaron Gordon effect hasn't really hurt the Kings. And Porter Jr. hasn't really torched the Kings. So you're kind of wondering what it is, the recipe that's yeah. here. But I really like this matchup because I think Murray can be a, a better version of Michael Porter down the road.
2: I think it's going to be tough to get that sweep for all the reasons you laid out. But let's get to some reasons that the Kings could win tonight with our keys to victory for Sacramento in Denver at Ball Arena. James, what is your first key?
3: Let it fly. The Kings have shot 41.6% from three against the Nuggets, and they've held the Nuggets to just 31.3% from three. And to me, that's Dang. a that's a big deal. Come out, shooting. Look for your shot. Sabonis needs to look for his shot. He needs to try to drag uh, Jokic away from the basket, Mm -hmm. get him out of the key where he's just gumming up everything. Start shooting. Everybody needs to shoot. Everyone needs to hit tonight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holding Denver to 31% from beyond the arc is a huge deal because of how easily they generate open threes. Yep. And being able to defend that and keep them from knocking those down at 40-plus percent is a is a really big deal. The Kings need to continue that trend for sure. Uh, my first key: I would like to see Demonte Abona shoot it more than eight times.
3: Mm. That's all. Get that him going. Sounds like a good one, Kyle. Get
2: him going. On I, I mean, Jokic is a is an okay defender, but he's he's not like like Bam Adebayo, for example. Great defender, really good interior defender. Oh yeah, yeah. Jokic is smart, active hands, gets his gets his hands in passing lanes, all that jazz. Uh, but but Sabonis should be able to to get more than eight shots up against him tonight, and uh, if he does that, I, I like the Kings' chances of of putting up some points on on Denver.
3: Uh, number two, number two for me is frustrate Jokic. The last time these two teams played, Jokic lost his mind a little bit. He actually, to be honest, he should have been thrown out of the game, and that's something that for whatever reason the Kings have been able to get under his skin. Keep doing it. I know. uh you know, Sabonis is physical and more of like the ground-based guy that, that's tough for Jokic to just push around. But uh, I, I'm here for it. I want to see an angry Jokic again tonight.
2: My second one goes a, a little bit along those lines. And I would like to see with that, and I've, I've talked about this before, I would like to see them put Jokic in like every defensive action that they can Mm. and maybe run I know they don't love to run pick and roll stuff and like I said I'm not asking for 48 minutes of it but especially when it's you know if it's Malik Monk if it's whoever it is just getting downhill forcing Jokic to to move a little bit defensively uh, that's that's how you can go about frustrating him so I I, I really like that one and I think that's something the Kings could could do pretty easily uh, against him tonight number three
3: Number three, what do I have? Uh, better bench play. Yeah. The Sacramento Kings bench has been really rough, and like you're going to need it, especially if if De'Aaron Fox doesn't play tonight. He's questionable with the with sore knee. If he doesn't play, you need a 24-point game from Malik Monk. You need 8 to 10 points from Trey Lyles, 8 to 10 points from uh, Davion Mitchell, even Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte needs to go out there and, Maybe he can get you eight to ten. Like whatever it is, you're gonna need your bench to step up because it's not been good lately.
2: We're due for a five of seven from three. Trey Lyles game. Yeah. Oh yeah. It felt for three months like he could not miss an open three. Like everything was going in, mm-hmm. and now I, 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 I can, but I can't remember the last time I saw him hit one. It just feels like
3: yeah it's like he misses a lot of open trays. I, I think no pun it, intended. it's it's really recent too though. I mean, it's yeah. only been the last like maybe three games before that yeah. he was red hot going into the break. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Trey is one of those guys because you got to remember he missed the first thirteen games of the season. yeah, and he missed that with a I believe it was a calf injury. and so he he couldn't even really work out. So what we're seeing with Trey is he's probably got to a point where he made hit a wall from that initial group of games that he's played. He's just, his wall is behind everybody else's wall Mm. because of all the games that he missed early. And you know, you're still, he, it took him a while to play himself into shape. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't easy for him, especially since he's really worked on his body in the last couple of off seasons. Kings need him to come out firing and to really be the player that they've seen, you know, all all of last season where we had trade days all over the place.
2: Yeah, I think we're we're due for one soon, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, number three for me is that defensive intensity that the Kings showed in that comeback against uh, uh, Miami the other night. The defensive intensity they showed against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. The defensive intensity they showed in Denver right before the break. I would like to see that for four quarters tonight and not after they're down 15 or 18 or 20 or whatever, that they go, oh gosh, we got to get back into this one. Start that from the jump and let that lead to offense. That is, you have to be locked in defensively against Denver, and it can't be for a couple minutes here and a couple minutes there, because those few minutes that you're not locked in, they can really fill it up. So no, I'd i like to see a 48-minute defensive effort.
3: It would be nice to see the Kings kind of turn the corner and, and figure out, the defensive side of the ball and show that it's sustainable. Yeah. Cause again, I, I'm going to take the Miami game out of the conversation. I don't think they were horrible against Miami. I just think they're a step slow. Yeah. Was, 50, 50 balls and stuff yeah. like that. They were a step slow, but they've uh, started to show us that they've got something. And um, I want to see them build on that. And I, I want to see Jordy Fernandez going there with a the defensive game plan against his former team, his former coach and really kind of give the Kings something different, uh, give give maybe even Denver something unique to look at mm-hmm. tonight.
2: Uh, do you know the last time Keegan Murray scored 20 points in back-to-back games?
3: mm probably November.
2: January 9th and 10th against Detroit and Charlotte.
3: Oh, okay.
2: He did it several times early in the year. You mentioned we were talking about the Keegan Murray-Michael Porter Jr. matchup earlier. I would like to see him go for 20-plus again.
3: I would like to see Keegan Murray featured in the final twenty-five games of the season. Yeah, let's you let know, this... let's,
2: let's let's talk about that next. Yeah, yeah. Keegan Murray needs to be featured, and then uh, some perspective on this King season as well. He's James. I'm Kyle. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty and ninety eight point five HD two, Sacramento Sports Leader. to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
2: You said before the break that you wanted to see Keegan Murray featured the rest of the way. Yeah, I and do. That, that feels like the move because outside of, you know, you got to make the playoffs because you want to make sure that your pick conveys to Atlanta so you have all of your picks moving forward so you can deal those and make some moves and Etc. Etc. Like that is a top priority. But as far as what we know about this team moving forward, like what are we going to learn about them and, and all that jazz? It is, we know DeMontis is great. We know Darren Fox is great. It, Keegan Murray is the missing piece now. Everything moving forward has to be about ensuring that Keegan Murray is going to be the player that you were hoping he would be to move into the next phase of what the Kings are. Mm-hmm. Because that is the the core three, and if you want to tack Malik Monk on there, feel, feel free. It doesn't, frankly, matter right now. The the Keegan-Murray aspect of this, though, matters literally more than anything else. Their draft picks, we talked about, hey, you got to bring in guys who are dogs and with length and this and that. That all, sure, none of it matters if Keegan-Murray does not take the leap that they're hoping he makes.
3: Yeah, to be honest with you, we discussed this heavily yesterday on, on the King Speed podcast, uh, me and Sean and, and Brendan. Subscribe wherever you get your pods. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, for me, like we know who they are, don't we? Like we know who this Sacramento Kings version is. Like if they somehow made a miraculous run. So last season, just go back. They're the number three seed, but... I kept saying, hey, it's a number three seed that won 48 games. It's not a number three seed that's going to win 54 games or 56 games like this year.
2: Would have been the sixth seed the year prior.
3: Yes, okay. And I wasn't trying to take away from who the Kings were, but what I was more pointing to is that the West as a whole was not great. And if somehow, if De'Aaron Fox doesn't injure his finger, or if Harrison Barnes hits that three Mm -hmm. at the end of game four, and they go up, what three one at that point? Mm-hmm. They advanced to the second round. The Kings could have easily beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, number one, the Kings had had their number. They were a better team than them last season. Mm-hmm. They were just a better team. Mm-hmm. So I could have seen the Kings actually advancing to the to the Western mm-hmm. Conference, you know, finals. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they would have won. Yeah, but I don't feel that way at all this season. Like if you get through mm-hmm. the first round. The second round is another great team waiting for you. Mm -hmm. And that's just straight up. This season is so much different. There are so many good teams. And that's not just like, oh, the Kings are number seven because there are so many good teams. No, the Kings are about who they were last year. They ran it back. They got the same dudes, right? Mm -hmm. But in order for them to take this next leap, I, I don't see a pathway to it. Like not this season. Right. There, there is right. so much. If you somehow make it through the first round, like big thumbs up. That's awesome. It's great for your yeah, development. Yeah. You get to the second round. You got another fight. Like this is going to be a really, really tough second round. Somehow you make it through that. You get to the third round. Like people keep saying, "Hey, Denver." You, I think you mentioned it earlier. Denver is probably the team that will represent the West. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have one injury or. They yeah. take one misstep against a team like the Clippers mm-hmm. or someone else gets hot at the wrong time, a Phoenix team or, or somebody that like we're watching and we're like, hey, they don't look like they're great right now, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, This is tough. So the gauntlet. So my point to that is it, it doesn't take like a crystal ball to tell you that the Kings' chances of making it to an NBA Finals or a Western Conference Finals or even the second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. isn't all that good right now. It's not. It's not. Sure, if you get matched up with OKC and sure. OKC doesn't have the experience or you mm-hmm. get matched up with Minnesota in the first round and they don't have the experience and they and they do something stupid and you're able to get steal a couple of games here and there and, and all of a sudden you, you beat them, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The path forward for the Sacramento Kings, in my opinion, is... is through Keegan Murray getting better. I agree. And so for 25 games, I want to see that now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worried about what the playoffs look like mm-hmm. because this should be about next season. It should be about the season after that. It should be about building a sustainability, something that you can keep moving forward and, and build on and build on and build on. And next thing you know, you're a contender, mm-hmm. right? And the only way for me to see that path forward is for either you to go out against someone who's great from the outside and bring them in, mm-hmm. or if you're going to do it organically, it's got to be through Keegan Murray and him taking the next step. And so that's what I would like to see the whole second half of the season.
2: I was going to ask, would you rather see Keegan Murray get just a, a heavier workload over the next 25 games, but the Kings go out in the first round? Or would you rather see the Kings win a playoff series, but but Keegan continues to kind of be... a third to fourth option. And I don't even think that's necessarily the the right scenario because not like Keegan is bad. It's not like there's this rookie they have on the bench where they're like, yeah, you need to see what he's got for 25 games. We know what he's got. He just needs to be featured more often. And there's, there's a very real possibility that by doing what you're talking about, feature Keegan Murray, uh, not, not saying that he needs to lead the team in shot attempts or whatever, but (laughs) diminishing the nights where he has fewer than Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. Like that that kind of that kind of featured. Where you're featuring him more often where you're now increasing your chances to go in and win one of those playoff series, win two of those playoff series. Like 25 games is a lot of games to develop and change things and and tweak your offense going into the postseason to ensure that Keegan Murray and his ability to shoot from beyond the arc he gets into the mid-range. He is so tough to stop, especially when he hits that little fall away. He's tall enough that yeah. not a lot of guys are going to affect that shot, and it feels like he's never missed it. I I would love to see more of that, A, because of, of the long-term growth that you're talking about, which matters more than anything, but B, because they might just accident accidentally fall into being the best version of themselves by virtue of doing that this year.
3: Oh, I totally agree. Uh, and so for me... The next step for this Kings team is probably it's to strip away some of the other scores from this team mm-hmm. and force Keegan Murray to be that player and have three and D guys as opposed to more offensive mind and versatile guys mm-hmm. that they have right now. Mm-hmm. That's the next step. Yeah. And so you don't have that opportunity right now, but why are why would you limit who Keegan can be now? Because, you have those. You have other pieces right now that that are you know offensive weapons.
2: This is right to to limiting and honestly, this fits in a little bit with some of my my complaints about how they use Sabonis offensively. Sometimes it's it's limiting looks for Keegan in service of shots for Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter is a really good player. I I do not want to diminish him at all, but the odds that he is on a version of the Kings that is contending for championships are way down here. And the odds that Keegan Murray is on that team are way up here. And that's to me what, what matters so much more at this point. And I would love to see the Herter shot nine threes and and 15 total attempts the other night.
3: I would love to see Murray getting those kind of looks.
2: Yeah. Especially when he's as hot as
3: he was. I think, you know, even in our discussion, I think Sean's point was, well, like, this is an equal opportunity offense. It shouldn't be. And, well, no, I, what Kyle, no, it shouldn't be. I know. Because... I, my biggest complaint
2: about their offense, it's really good, it is way too, like, what's, uh, like, altruistic. Yes. I don't... Give the ball to the good players and let the good players do it.
3: <laughs> well... Basketball! But it's funny <laughs> that, that that is how it is with, with De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron mm-hmm. Fox is second in the NBA in, in field goal attempts. Good. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like, he's a very mm-hmm. good player. So do you need him to be more efficient? Do you need him to hit his free throws? Do you need him to get to the line more? Yes, all of those things. But at the same time, I need that that next person to be Keegan Murray mm-hmm. and in order for this team to take a leap. And I, I think the risk here, it's worth the reward, but I, I still will say the risk is that you get to a point where again Harrison Barnes goes into like his like little hermit shell thing where he's like we don't even notice him. Sure. And that can't happen. And I don't want to strip away everything from Kevin Herter. I still think he is a very good player, like what you said. He's still twenty five years old. Like there are things that you can you can build with the group that you have, but the goal should be to number one, the goal should be to avoid not being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And number two, the the goal should be to make sure that Keegan Murray is becoming the better version of himself that everyone hopes that he can be. You can't miss the playoffs. That so I'm not saying like throw everything aside and yeah. like if it costs you a playoff seed, no, that's that's not what I'm ta- what I'm saying. Is that there? There's a point now where we kind of understand who they are, and the next version of this Kings team, if they're going to hit that next version, if they're going to get to the next step. It's with Keegan Murray being your second best score on a nightly basis
2: and this is not the so Keegan Murray I, I'm gonna try and drive this point home with with uh, with some numbers here the Keegan Murray is shooting 12.2 shots per game okay in 32.7 minutes the only player I believe uh, the only two players, playing that many minutes and shooting fewer times than that are James Harden and Drew Holiday. Okay. Everybody else that shoots it 12.2 times or fewer plays like fewer than 30 minutes a game. Mm. Almost, with a couple exceptions. And when what guys who are down there, uh, Derek White, 32.2 minutes, Derek White is in an offense where he is very much the like fourth option.
3: Mm.
2: Third or fourth option, along with Drew Holiday, who who is also there. You have James Harden in that mix, who has Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. That's that Russell Westbrook sometimes, although I don't know how much they share the floor. Like, guys, you have Bogdan Bogdanovich shoots it 14 times a game in Atlanta. Mm. Jordan Poole, 14 times a game. Clay Thompson, 14 and a half times a game. There, are, there are shots available for Keegan Murray. That he is not getting, and I think he should. Okay, just agreeing with you, trying to
3: drive the point home. Yeah, and I would say too, Kyle. The the point that you're saying, like maybe they stumble in to being the best version of themselves. Like the Kings are nine and three, uh, nine and four, when Keegan scores twenty points or more on the season. I mean, come on. And if you bump that up to twenty-one, they're nine and three. Come on. So I mean, you're you're a better team when he's scoring, and
2: is, this. You know what jumps out to me about that? You said nine and four when he scores twenty plus. Yeah. In the modern NBA, a player as good as Keegan Murray should not only be scoring twenty plus thirteen times.
3: No, he In should be fifty, w- way more than that. What is it? I-, I was actually games, surprised that that's how few games it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I that that and that is a that is not. That is not a product of now now he has struggled from three this year. He's 36.5%, but he was forty plus percent last year. Mm-hmm. I really, I really, really think that a Keegan Murray who is shooting more often, you don't have to change the offense that much. You don't have to, you don't, it's not giving shots to a bad player trying to get him going. This is a good player who is just not a big enough factor. And so I don't know, I I, I don't think there's a world where the Kings are like, yeah, hey, let's get Keegan going. Let's get this growth. uh, Let's get this development in over these next 25 games. I don't think they need to do that while sacrificing their chances to to whatever their chances are this year. Mm -hmm. If you told me they have a, I, I don't even, if you told me they have an eight, 8% eight chance to win the championship, I don't know what it actually is. If you told me they have an 8% chance to win the championship, pick a number, X percent. Yeah. Now, I don't think that changes at all. If I told you, yeah, hey, Keegan Murray is going to shoot it 16 times a game the rest of the way. Mm. I don't no. think, And if anything, it might increase. it.
3: Hey, this season, 23 games, he shot 13 times or more in a game. Mm-hmm. They're 15 and 8 in those games. Come on. Thirteen shots. That's it. But I need to see more. Yeah, I do too. It's time
2: for the handoff. Kenny Caraway, in the building. What's going on, guys? D'Lo and KC coming up at noon. Hanging out till four. Is that a new hat? No. Looks very crispy. No, I've had it for a while. You I just keep don't it wear fresh. It that much because it's a little
4: bigger than I want it to be.
2: Mm, I see. We always
4: Kyle. Kyle's the guy I complain to about the hats, right? Where I order two hats. The mm-hmm. same size and they'll nope. fit differently. It's because they're all yeah. hand stitched. It bothers me to know end.
2: That's why not to they don't advertise. But uh, shout out to Hat Club, they take really good care to ensure their hats are like properly sized. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna order, check out Hat Club. Gotcha. I also gotcha. almost always at this point, if I'm not ordering, I'm buying it in person. Yeah,
4: and that's that's what's yeah. next. But some of them, you know, like it's tough. At least out here, maybe in the Bay Area, they got some stores, but. I like the hats with the patches, or this one is backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. That nature. Yeah. I usually stick with like the ones they wear on the field. Mm-hmm. Outside of this one's backwards, maybe mm-hmm. an upside down one, and then the World Series All Star patch stuff like that. I yeah. Like those hats, but yeah, me too. And those are tough to get in person. Yeah. At least out here, they got yeah. a lot of them, like in New York and stuff.
2: But. No, with those, I typically have, I typically go online. Yeah.
4: Well, we're talking can, about. No, go, I was going to ask you. Can I talk a little bit about
2: the Keegan Murrays? I sure
4: would like you to. So I think you guys are 100% correct. I agree with Come you.
2: on. I agree with you yes. guys
4: 100%. How much of this falls on Keegan
2: Murray? That's a great question. I think more more than a a non-negligible amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's not the reason, but I only think about that because
4: That's I don't a really think good point. Mike Brown is telling him not to shoot the ball. Yeah. No. I don't think anybody's telling him not to shoot the ball. There are certain sets where, you, you. I think you mentioned it last week, sometimes on that dribble handoff, a lot of times early in the season it was Keegan. Now they've started to do that a little bit more with Herter, mm-hmm. and maybe that takes away a couple of shots a night. But, you know, there, I, think, I think if he wants
2: to, he can get 15 shots a night. Do you I, think, I think, okay, so I think there's a way, I think you're probably right. I think he is too passive sometimes. And – I I think typically when he gets hot, he gets more confident. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go shoot tonight, mm-hmm. and I think that's why you see a lot of when he goes when he shoots at 14, 15 times, he goes 10 to 14, 11 to 15, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. On the other hand, I think if you're Mike Brown and the coaching staff, you have to understand that about your player and go, hey, if we leave him to his own devices, he's going to shoot it 10 or 12 times. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make sure that we're maybe to open the game, get him going Yeah, mm. or a yeah, couple, a sure. couple times a game. Like, Hey, we're running this set for him and get his three, four extra shots. Cause what, I don't think James or I is asking for 20 shots a game from right. him. No, but you can get three, four, five more shots a game. I think you can get that by way of, of running some sets specifically for him.
4: And to that point, guys, the other night was a perfect example of maybe the conundrum that takes place with Keegan Murray and the shots that he takes and stuff like that. When he was, Lighting the golden one center on fire and almost single-handedly bringing that team back with the way he was shooting in the fourth quarter, hitting those threes and things of that nature. I think he hit his third three in a row. And I don't, I don't have the specifics in front of me, but you guys, you were there. You probably know. I don't think he touched the ball again for another four or five minutes. Yeah. And that can't happen on both sides. Number one, Keegan Murray can't let that happen. Number two, on three sides, number three or number two, Mike Brown can't let that happen. Number three, De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, or whatever. Somebody's got to say, this guy's hit four threes in a row. Let's run this play here for him to shoot until he misses. Yeah, And that doesn't always happen. And it didn't happen the other night. And it stood out to me because he, he hit some fall away three or something in the corner. I think he yes. got fouled or something like yeah. that. And he was just on fire. They got a turnover. I was like, find him again. Mm-hmm. They didn't find him again for another two, three minutes. He yeah, shot 6
3: of 7 from 3, 10 of 14 from the field.
2: And his miss was like a heave toward the end of the game. It was like yeah. end of the shot clock just throwing mm. one up.
3: Yeah, and I would also tell you, like, over his last 16 games, we're seeing the the opposite of what I'm talking about. He's only shooting the ball 10 times a game. Mm. 10.2 shots per game over his last 16. He's averaging 12.3 points per game. That's got to stop. Mm. Like, he, he has to be, like, a focal point. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, you can't have these games where five points, five points, zero points against Detroit, six points, six points. That's that's not going to work. Like, if this team is going to maximize who they are, yeah, he's got to be great defensively. But look, man, you're 23 years old. We need you out there. Like, if you're playing 38 minutes or 36 minutes, you got to play both ends of the floor mm-hmm. the same way. I need to see you cut. I. And I need his teammates to get him involved, mm-hmm. to, to whatever it is. Like, Mike Brown doesn't want to run post-ups for him. I don't know why. Like, hit, hit, as a college player, he was incredible in the post-up. Yeah. Like, he was like 98 percentile in his in his class coming mm-hmm. into the draft in the post. Yeah. And at high usage. That's, so That's
4: a pet peeve of mine, too. Just in the NBA in general,
3: they'll never get nobody on the block. Yeah. Ever. Not anymore. Yeah.
4: yeah. You yeah. can do that twice a quarter, and there's eight shots. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just don't do it in the NBA in general. It's not a Kings issue specifically yeah, or exclusively. No. They just don't seem to do
2: that at all. Uh, Mark, uh, nope, not Mark Jones. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. Mark Dagnall? Nope.
3: Oh, a Mark? Kyle? Yep. Or is it Mike
2: Jackson? No, 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 no. Warriors coach who was the broadcaster. Oh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. Mark thank mark you. Jackson. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Mark Jones. I not, often forget. I, Mar, mark Jones was just. I often wish I could forget about Mark Jackson, I but go ahead. Think, a lot of Warriors players probably do too, but um, no, that was a big thing with him. It was like Harrison Barnes post-ups. Mm-hmm. Like what? Crunch time. Get it to Harrison in the post. Get at the David Lee in the post. Yeah. It was infuriating. <laughs> but to your point, if man, there's there's a lot of nights where it feels like whoever's guarding Keegan, it's like, hey man, he could probably take him into the post and get that little turnaround fall mm-hmm. away pretty easily. Absolutely.
3: We just man. need more, 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 more. That's what I, I I don't care how you do it, whatever set it is, whatever you gotta do, the team his teammates need to understand it. Everyone needs to understand it that Keegan is getting 13 to 15 shots tonight, and from every game here on out, that's all we want to – he has got to get there because yeah. that's how this team is going to take the leap.
2: And Keegan needs to understand that that's too. That's like,
4: – yeah. yes Eight shots ain't good enough for me. I need to get to – the team needs me yes. to yeah. get to that 13 to 15.
2: And not to be too dramatic about it, but it's like, dude, you got to sit him down and be like, bro, the future of what this team is going to be, the ascension of this team, Domas is there, mm-hmm. De'Aaron's there, now it's you. Yes. You got to figure that out. And I I you you give him this year to to try and get there and you see but that is imperative. Yeah. Perfect. That he becomes that player for them. Facts. I think. I agree. And if he's going to be as good as he is defensively like bro. You get you got a good ass player there, man. <laughs> you you you've got
4: you almost got that player that everybody thinks the Kings need to trade for. Yeah, yes. You got him. Yeah. And now you could trade for like a I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect this guy, but like you could trade for a random like Bruce Brown. It doesn't have to be a dog, Siakam, yeah. or something yeah. like that. You can, if Keegan mm-hmm. is reaching that potential, you can go get you more of a role player, and that's probably more attainable with the assets that you have, right. regardless if you make the playoffs or not this
2: year. An overqualified like fourth and fifth guy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they're coming off, maybe they're they're number two or number three on another yeah, team, but
4: but right now you're not sure, so you're like, man, we need to go get Zach Levine. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
2: Ooh. No, like,
4: but James <laughs> like, no, that, I don't that, know what you're that saying. That type of guy, that twenty hey, point per game guy.
2: Damien's gonna yell at me if we're not out on time, so yeah. I'm getting out on time. Uh, that's Kenny Caraway. He's coming up with D-Lo right here on ESPN 1320 for James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. We'll see you tomorrow.